Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with a Few podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion for seeing people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast episode. Maddie and I are here and we are excited to jump in as usual. We have so much good stuff. I'm actually like really excited about this podcast episode. Yeah, I, think I think that it's going to be a good one. I think that we have a lot of good stuff to share with you. Something that we found in scripture that isn't necessarily a story that is well known. I actually have never ever heard a sermon on this. I heard a podcast episode on it. And so I was listening to that and they were pointing out some different things. And that's when I first heard about the story. And then Maddie and I were just talking about it today. And um, mom had a bunch of good stuff, notes on it and everything. And so we're like, you know what? We need to do this for a podcast episode. We were planning on recording today anyway. And we were looking up some different things to share with you. And we've ended up landing on this. So long story short, we're going to dive into 1 Kings chapter 22. So if you have your Bibles or whatever, then go ahead and turn to that 1 Kings chapter 22. But before we start reading and getting into this and discussing it, Maddie is going to start us off with some announcements and some different updates as usual. All right. So Rumble. We're getting it going. So excited. And we are so excited. Uh, we have a couple videos up already, so that is wonderful. We're mm-hmm. very happy that we were finally able to get a couple videos up. I know yeah. it's been a while since we announced and everything, but we wanted to make sure that we had some good videos to put up at first, not just something, you know, that we got up <laughs> real fast or anything. So you can go and watch those on our Rumble channel, A Few Minutes with a Few, mm-hmm. and go and check us out, subscribe. Rumble is liking it, right? I, I'm so confused about all this stuff. Okay, so... If you want to like it, it's right. called a rumble. Right, it's right? a rumble, yeah. Okay. And it's like a plus, minus sign, that kind of thing. Hit the plus. Um, <laughs> That's a like. And then I think it just says subscribe to follow yeah. our channel and stuff at the top. So, uh-huh. And then obviously we've been having some new blog posts lately. Our most recent one was called The Way Out. Lily wrote that one for this week. And uh, definitely a really good one for where we're at right now. I think it really applies to the times that we're living in and is encouraging, but then again, kind of convicting. Also, she just kind of talked about some of the different issues that we've been seeing in Christianity, but then also some different things that we can do to try and fix those issues and bring Christianity back to where it needs to be. So definitely a good blog post called The Way Out. You can go and check that out on the blog. Link is in the description as usual. And... that's it right i mean obviously go back and listen to our most recent Mm -hmm. uh podcast episodes but i think that that's pretty much it oh um we should mention on apple podcasts you can scroll to the bottom of our podcast and you can rate and review us so there's the little stars you just click uh, however many stars you want to get the podcast, and then it would be very, very helpful if you would write a review why you like the podcast, uh, why you enjoy listening to it, you know, all that great stuff. It really just helps 
to kind of spread the word Mm -hmm. about our podcast because the more rating and reviewing that's going on, the more that Apple will kind of publicize it. Yes. Uh, So rating and reviewing helps us a lot to have other people listen to the podcast and it's a lot easier to find also. Uh, That always moves you up on the search bar thing. So if you would just put in like the few, Mm -hmm. uh, we would be the first podcast to pop up or whatever. So we encourage you to go do that, but I think that that's pretty much it. All right, let's jump in to today's episode. Again, we're in 1 Kings chapter 22, and this is not a well-known story. Again, this is not something that I've heard a lot of people talk about, so I would encourage you grab your Bible, look at this for yourself. We're going to read through it. It's a little bit longer, so just stay with me. We really want to get the whole story um, and read it to you and then kind of break it apart and discuss what is going on here. And I don't think that I, I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't think that, you know, First Kings is a book that everybody is, like, drawn to read to in the Bible. <laughs> no. I don't think that that's something that everybody's like, oh my goodness, First Kings, so good, right? Um, because there are a lot of big names, and we're probably going to struggle with those a little bit in this episode, but we're going yeah, to try. Bear with us. Um, I am not good with, like, big words and stuff like that at all, so bear with me as I read this. Hopefully, I don't butcher it, but it is the story about Micaiah, who was a prophet. He was a true prophet, and we see this story of how he speaks out, and it's not a very popular thing in the story that he's doing. Um, He's speaking against something that everybody else, like 400 other prophets, have um, told this king that, oh, you're good, you're going to win the battle, everything, which you'll see as we read here. And Micaiah is the only one who says the opposite of what the 400 other prophets have told the king. And so as we read this, just kind of keep that in mind. That's what's going on. Um, Micaiah is really who we're going to point out in the story. So just make sure um, that you listen for his name in this and we will start here. Okay, so 1 Kings 22 and then we're going to start with verse 1 and I'm probably going to do 1 through 28 here. So read with us if you can, grab your Bibles and open it up. Verse 1 says, there was a lull of three years without war between Aram and Israel. However, in the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his servants, Don't you know that Ramoth Gilead is ours, but we're doing nothing to take it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, First, please ask what the Lord's will is. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Should I go against Ramoth Gilead for a war, or should I refrain? They replied, March up, and the Lord will hand it over to the king. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here anymore? Let's ask him. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man who can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster. He is Micaiah, son of Amalah. The king shouldn't say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hurry and get Micaiah, son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, clothed in royal attire, were sitting each on his own throne. They were on the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. 
and all the prophets were prophesying in front of them. Then Zedekiah, son of Cheniah, made iron horns and said, This is what the Lord says. You will gore the Arameans with these until they are finished off. And all the prophets were prophesying the same. March up to Ramoth-Gilead and succeed, for the Lord will hand it over to the king. The messenger who went to call Micaiah instructed him, Look, the words of the prophets are unanimously favorable for the king. So let your words be like theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, I will say whatever the Lord says to me. So he went to the king, and the king asked him, Micaiah, should we go to Ramoth Gilead for war, or should we refrain? Micaiah told him, March up and succeed, the Lord will hand it over to the king. But the king said to him, How many times must I make you swear not to tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? So Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, They have no master. Let everyone return home in peace. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster? Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly army was standing by him at his right hand and at his left hand. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one was saying this, and another was saying that. Then a spirit came forward, stood in the Lord's presence, and said, I will entice him. The Lord asked him how. He said, I will go and becoming lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, you will certainly entice him and prevail. Go and do that. You see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. Then Zedekiah, son of Cheniah, came up, hit Micaiah on the cheek, and demanded, Did the spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? Micaiah replied, You will soon see when you go to hide in an inner chamber on that day. Then the king of Israel ordered, Take Micaiah, return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, This is what the king says. Put this guy in prison and feed him only a little bread and water until I come back safely. But Micaiah said, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he said, Listen, all you people. Okay. So Very large chunk, we know. (laughs) Very large chunk. That was a little longer. But this is such an interesting story to me, and I love, I don't know about you guys, but I love when there is new scripture, right? New Mm -hmm. scripture that's not just like the everyday stuff that we hear all the time. Not that that stuff is bad, right? Everything in scripture is good, but the things that are um, just talked about a lot, it can become very boring in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear a new story and it's good and I hear different things about this, it just gets me excited. So let's dig into this a little more, okay? So Micaiah, right, is the one prophet who is the only one willing to uh, say what the Lord has told him, right? Who is willing to tell the truth. And the king has already had 400 prophets prophesy to him about going to war, right? Mm -hmm. If he is going to have favor, if he is going to win this war, and all of them, all 400 prophets, false prophets, that should be pointed out, have told him, oh, you're going to succeed. Yep, you're good. You're going to win. No problem. And then uh, King Jehoshaphat, who is a good king, Ahab is the bad king here, (laughs) Jehoshaphat says, wait, like, Dude, isn't there 
anybody else? Isn't there just like one guy here who can prophesy what the Lord has actually said? Like, tell us what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. And Ahab says, well, there is still one. um, And this is in verse eight. He says, there's still one man who can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesied good about me, but only disaster. He is Micaiah. Okay, there's just so much we can point out here. Like, it's so good. Um, but I think we first need to point out that, that the king has yes men around him. Okay, that's what we're going to call call the false prophets here, the 400. He has yes men, people that will just tell him what he wants to hear, and they're going to tell him exactly what he asks of them, right? They mm-hmm. are false. They're not going to tell you anything about the Lord and what he says and the actual truth. They're just going to say whatever you want to hear, right? Which is most of the time, especially for Ahab, who is not a very good king, um, he is not going to want to hear the truth mm-hmm. ever, right? I mean, very rarely is he going to want to hear the truth. But Jehoshaphat is wise enough to say, um, hey, let's first ask what the Lord's will is in this. Let's step back a second and not just be in a rush here and go to war and all die. Like, let's make sure that this is what the Lord wants. And so Micaiah steps in here and Ahab hates him, right? We first need to point that out. But why does Ahab hate him, right? That's the question that we have to ask. Why does Ahab just, I mean, not want to hear from Micaiah at all? Like he is willing to sit and listen to 400 prophets before we get to Micaiah. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, because Micaiah speaks the truth, right? He speaks what the Lord tells him to say. And it's so funny. We're going to get to this. Okay, I'm I'm rambling on. But that's the first chunk of it, right? That's what we need to understand in the first chunk of scripture here is that Jehoshaphat is a wise king who is like, let's step back. Let's see what the Lord's will is in this. And then he even asks, isn't there like one prophet left that is of the Lord? And Ahab recognizes, yes, right? Which means that he knows that there's still one that speaks truth, but he doesn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so we go through the 400, we hear what we want to hear, and then we bring in Micaiah because Jehoshaphat insists upon it, and we have the ending of the story, okay? So Maddie, let's point out a couple things here about Micaiah, right? Micaiah is this godly guy who has, like, vowed that he is going to speak what the Lord has for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit about that and how we can be like Micaiah. Yeah, well, I think that first, like, let's just reiterate. There were 400 other prophets who all said the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. 400. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would have enough confidence to go against what 400 other so-called prophets are saying and be the only one that is saying the exact opposite thing. And so I think that that is really a testament to Micaiah's character. Mm -hmm. Like, he obviously doesn't really care what the other people around him are saying, which is something that is very important if you're Mm going to live for the Lord. Like, I think that Micaiah sets a good example of this. You should only care about what the Lord is telling you, not Mm -hmm. what everybody else is. And I think that Micaiah was really walking this out. But, I mean, there's, like, tons of different ways that we can do this in our everyday lives. But the fact is that most of us don't really want to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, like, this goes for 
me and Lily even, yeah. like, there are times where I don't want to be the only one mm-hmm. out of, like, five people who says something different. <laughs> Let alone compared, 400. Yes, compared to everybody else. Yeah. But I think that as we were we were talking to mom about this before we were recording and stuff, and uh, we were just talking about how the fear of man mm-hmm. is so great mm-hmm. in our lives these days. Like, it is incredible how much we fear man and this is a topic that has been coming up a lot in conversation I feel like just between me and Lily in bible study Mm -hmm. uh just something that we've been talking about a lot is that fear of man and not walking out what the Lord has called you to do because you're afraid of your friends or your family right and as we were talking about this it's just like incredible how we're so afraid of man instead of being afraid of the consequences that we might experience from the Lord for Mm. not obeying what he uh, calls us to and what he tells us to say or do. We have such a warped reality Mm. of what my friends say matters so much that I'm never going to contradict them or I'm just going to kind of go along with them. But when the Lord tells you something different, like, oh, that's not a big deal. I think that that is just so... It's honestly comical Mm -hmm. because where have we gotten this idea that man is so much more important than God? And I think that it's really just our selfishness. Like we Mm -hmm. think that we're more important than God. We think that others are more important than God. And I'm not saying we genuinely, we tell people this, that we think that we're more important than God. We may not even be willing to admit that to ourselves. But throughout our everyday lives, like we are constantly making decisions that maybe aren't according to the will of the Lord or um, something that he specifically told you. And it's no big deal to us. And I think that Micaiah sets this good example of like, it was a big deal to speak the truth, Mm -hmm. to speak what the Lord had put on his heart. And I think that we can learn a lot from him of it doesn't matter if there's 10 people who say something different than you or 400. There's one truth. There are not multiple truths. There aren't even two truths. There's one truth, and that is God's truth. Yeah. And when you're not walking that out, then, you know, what's the point of even speaking? Ahab was going to go and die because these 400 prophets had told him, like, oh, yeah, you'll be victorious. You're good. You know, go get him. And Micaiah was like, nope, you're going to end up dead, and this is what the Lord says, so sorry about your luck. And I think that Micaiah probably had a lot of pressure on him, too, because he, prob- he probably knows that Ahab hates him. I mean, yeah. he obviously doesn't try and hide it. No. So I bet that Micaiah was probably feeling some pressure mm-hmm. from others around him to just say what Ahab wanted him to say. Right. Like, he already hates you. He's already probably not going to listen to you if you say something different. Yeah. So just say what the rest of us have said. No Give him deal. 401 confirmations mm-hmm. and he'll go to war and, you know, he'll probably make it through it. Like, right. we'll hope. We'll pray that he makes it through <laughs> it. And... I think that it's a big step that Micaiah had to take to overcome that pressure. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we as Christians can experience a lot of time too. We experience a lot of pressure from the world. When you are genuinely trying to live for the Lord, you're going to get a lot of pushback and you're going to feel a lot of pressure from the world. And a lot of times we give way to that pressure. A lot of times we are just kind of like, oh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I'll just, I'll be the 401, you know, I'll give him what he wants. (laughs) Not the case. You're making a much bigger statement 
for sticking out from the crowd than you are just fitting in. Mm -hmm. Like, you honestly don't have that great of a witness if you're just going along with what everyone else is saying. Yeah. And that's not going to win people to Jesus, just going along with what everyone else says. It's stupid to (laughs) do that, but it's something that we lose sight of so easily. And I mean, I do this a lot too. You feel that pressure from your friends or your family or just the world in general. And you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But really like there shouldn't be a choice. And I think that Micaiah saw this, like there's not Mm -hmm. a choice whether I speak the truth or not. Like I'm going to speak the truth Mm -hmm. because there's one truth and no one else is speaking it, but that's okay because this is the truth and this is what I'm going to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's also, it's also crazy. Like when you read this, like the king saw these 400 prophets for what they were, right? And the Old Testament doesn't ever use the phrase false prophets. Okay. I think that's important to point out. Oh, we see that a ton in the New Testament, right? False prophets, false prophets, uh, watch out and all this stuff. But the king saw them for what they were, and he wants another opinion, right? But it's also, going back to the fear of man, I think that he was uh, worried about what Jehoshaphat was going to think, because he needed Jehoshaphat to be on his side. This was a big deal. He needed Jehoshaphat to be like, okay, I'm with you. And Jehoshaphat is like, I need the Lord to really speak on this thing, right? I can't listen to these 400, you know, ding-dongs who are just over here telling us the same thing one after another. Like, there has got to be somebody who is going to challenge us, right? Somebody who's going to say something different. Jehoshaphat wants that. And the king, he would be totally happy listening to the 400, right? But he does realize who they are when he's with Jehoshaphat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And because Jehoshaphat is challenging him to find another guy, he wants another opinion, which then enters Micaiah. And he comes along and says, uh, listen to the first thing he says. This is interesting. Verse 14, he says, um, or not verse 14. Oh my goodness. Uh, verse 13, it said, the messenger who went to call Micaiah instructed him. Okay, so here's the other thing, right? He, this messenger, Mm -hmm. who obviously also went and got the 400 other prophets, um, told them all to say that the king was going to be, was going to have favor in this war. Mm -hmm. Like, he's lying to them. He's telling them what to say. Not even to hear from the Lord, but that here's what you need to say. And then he says, so let your words be like theirs and speak favorably. And Micaiah tells him, as the Lord lives, I will say whatever the Lord says to me. Mm-hmm. Whatever the Lord says to me. Not what you say to me, not any of that. So here we see, okay, and this is interesting. I think that we get this confused a lot. There is a difference between pride and confidence, okay? Yeah. There is a huge difference. In the world, it's a very, very, very fine line, um, and we've made it that, of somebody who is prideful and somebody who has confidence in their relationship with the Lord. Not because of them, but because of who God is to them and they know that he's not going to fail. Okay. This is what we see in Micaiah. Great example for us in times like these where we are so fearful of man, like Maddie just said, and we let that override our fear of God and our confidence in God. So here's my question to you guys listening today. Do you have confidence in God, that like what you say is the truth no matter what. 
-hmm. Like, can you honestly say that you know the one truth? Without a doubt, here's what the Lord has said to me, and I'm going to speak it. Because Micaiah did, without a doubt. Like, he even says to the messenger, not even to the king. He's not even to the king yet. He says to the messenger, hey, you know, whoa, whoa, hold your horses because you called the wrong guy. I'm going to speak what the Lord has said to me. But isn't it interesting how he goes to the king and... The king asked him, Micaiah, should we go to Ramoth Gilead for war or should we refrain? Which is what he said to the other 400. And Micaiah told him, march up and succeed. The Lord will hand it over to the king. Which is exactly what the rest of the 400 said. Now this shows us that the king is obviously not as stupid as he seems. Because then he goes on to say, How many times must I make you swear not to tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? Meaning, what guys? He wants to hear something different. He knows that what he's heard from the 400 is not the truth. He knows it. Now, is he willing to listen to it? That's another story. Mm -hmm. But he knows that it's not the truth. I think this really shows a lot of Micaiah's reliance on the Lord too. Like when the messenger comes in, he says, I will speak whatever the Lord tells me to. Mm -hmm. Like it obviously shows that Micaiah didn't even know what the Lord was going to tell him yet, but he was still so confident that the Lord knew what he was doing, that the Lord had a plan for this thing that, you know, whatever the Lord says to me, I will say that to the king because that's obviously what the king needs to hear and what the king needs to listen to. And so I think that that's something that we can get caught up in again is like, I don't know what I'm going to say or I don't know what to tell these people. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the Lord's plan is yet. Well, Micaiah on his way to the palace still doesn't know what the Lord's going to tell him, but still he goes and still he is relying on the Lord for truth and Mm -hmm. for his word to come to him when he needs it. And so I think that that's something that like, are you relying on the Lord that much Mm -hmm. that you're willing to go when the messenger comes, you're willing to go. Even if you don't know what you're going to say yet, even if you don't know what the Lord is going to speak through you, are you so reliant on the Lord Mm. that you're just, you're going to go. You don't care where you're going. You don't know what you're going to say yet, but you know that whatever the Lord tells you, that's going to be the truth. And I think that that's how we can be a Micaiah in our day Mm -hmm. is you rely on the Lord so much that you just go and you just speak what he tells you to. Mm -hmm. And I think that another thing that I would add to that is like our dad and trust me, guys, he doesn't know I'm going to say this, so don't tell him. Um, But our dad has always been a great example of that. Like, he mm-hmm. is a Micaiah. Like, his nature, his personality, everything, his leadership skills is has always been a Micaiah. Like, if God calls me to something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see it through. Doesn't matter if... Like, Micaiah, you guys don't think that Micaiah knew he was going to get in trouble for speaking the truth. Yeah. Like, he got... He obviously had before. Right. Exactly. Because he was thrown in jail... Barely got to eat, barely got to drink for all this stuff because he spoke the truth. You don't think that Micaiah knows that, okay, I'm basically going to tell the truth and like, I know what the king's going to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's not dumb. And that's what I see. Like when I read about Micaiah and stuff, I really just see like my dad doing this (laughs) because he has always set that example for us and in our family of 
Like if God calls you to something, it doesn't matter what the 400 do. You are going to do what God has called you to do. You don't just follow in line with them. You don't just like whatever. It doesn't matter what they are doing. Don't pay attention to them. Don't anything. Like you are going to do what's right no matter what. Don't just fall in line with whatever they're doing. Do what's right. And I see that in Micaiah. And obviously, it's difficult because, like, Micaiah is saying what everybody else said the first time, right? Like, why did he say that? That's a question in the back of my mind. We don't see the facial and body expressions of Micaiah here, right? It doesn't tell us um, anything like that, but, and we don't hear the tone of his voice. But an easy answer to why Micaiah said these things is that he spoke them in sarcasm, right? Mm -hmm. He spoke them in, like, well, everybody else is telling you this, so here, I'll tell you this, and then see what your reaction is. Why? Because he knows the king wants to hear something different. He knows Jehoshaphat is not going to put up with that, right? Then he says, this was evident to the king, right? This mm-hmm. was evident that he's just going along with everybody else. And then he demands that Micaiah tell him the true word of the Lord, which at this point, obviously, Micaiah foretells the loss of the battle um, and the destruction of Israel's army, which is huge, mm-hmm. right? Huge. He stands alone in telling the king that the war will turn against him and that he will lose. He stands alone in this. Guys, I know that there are a lot of you out here listening who are probably like, okay, I know what they're about to say, right? (laughs) I know what they're about to say. We've said it before. It's not a mystery here. You're going to stand alone. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because what it shows the cowardice really uh, personality of the other 400 and it shows the boldness that Micaiah had in his relationship with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd want to be a Micaiah and not just with the other 400 who don't care, right? Who don't care about the truth, just want to speak whatever everybody else is telling them and go with the crowd. Anybody who wants to do that, like really just challenge yourself. It's so much better to just do what God has called you to do than to regret it later. Because mm-hmm. trust me, you'll regret it. Like if you don't speak the truth, if you don't do what's right, you will regret it. But when you are like a Micaiah and you do what he has called you to do, like there is nothing better than that. There is not a better feeling because you're walking in his will and you're walking in what he has for you. And so here's a couple points. I know this is a longer episode, but mm-hmm. stay with us. This is really what I want us to get out of this story. When we set out to confirm our own thoughts rather than to learn what God says, God's going to let us believe that lie. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like if we are out to co- just confirm our own thoughts rather than listening to what God has said, then he is going to let us believe that lie. I'm sure you guys have experienced this before, right? If you tell just a little lie, you start to believe it over time, right? Mm-hmm. You start to believe that, oh, if maybe... If you tell yourself enough. If you tell yourself enough, if you speak it enough to other people, whatever, well, that actually happened mm-hmm. when it did not, right? God will let you continue in that lie, which is what we see of the 400. And if mm-hmm. you want to go further into that, we're not going to get into all this today, but 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, 9 through 12 is a great uh, reference to go for that and study that more about how God will let us believe that lie if we if we speak it enough. And then the other point is that religious teachers, many of them, meaning pastors, Bible study leaders, youth leaders, staff of churches, you know, like we could just go staff through... Staff of churches. Staff, 
why did I say church, church staff? staff. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying. They preach to itching ears, which I'm sure you guys have heard that a lot in the New Testament, especially Paul. He likes that term, itching ears, right? Mm. Of how we only want to hear the things that we want to hear. We only look at things. The things that gratify the flesh. That that give us satisfaction, mm-hmm. worldly satisfaction, right? To our own passions. We listen to that. And I would even go as far as to say that a lot of us find pastors that talk about what we want them to talk about. We go to churches that have the worship that we want it to have. We, and all that stuff. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you go to some, you know, church that you despise. Well, not something. even that, but one that like Where you're not teaches. Um, you know, heresy or something like that. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that you go to a church that makes you feel good and that doesn't challenge you. Because that's what we do a lot of times is we just want to, you know, find that satisfaction in a church. We just want to be, oh, I'm, you know, we want to be patted on the back and, oh, I'm doing a great job in my relationship with Jesus. When in reality, you're doing nothing right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we're like that and we seek out the people that just tell us what we want to hear, it's because we don't want to be challenged. We don't want to go deeper or to grow because you only grow when you're challenged, right? I mean, yes, encouragement is great and all that stuff. Not saying that that isn't needed. We do need that. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to be uplifted, strengthened by the Lord. But we don't grow if we're just constantly being encouraged. Saying that right where you're at right now is is the best you'll ever be. You're doing great. You know, you don't really need to grow because you're so, you have such a passion for the Lord or you're doing what he tells you to do. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. And then 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 3 is a great reference for that. And then Standing for truth. Listen, guys, you have heard us say this a lot, but I think it needs to be said again. Standing for truth often entails going against the grain of society. Mm-hmm. Right? We've said that a zillion and one times. Now. Like every single time it's going to be like that. Pretty every much. single time you are going to have the 400, whatever number it may be in your life, right? It could be people at your church. It could be whatever that just say what people want to hear. They just, you know, go along with, oh, well, the crowd wants to hear this and, oh, they won't want to go on outreach. They won't want to do this, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then you just go along with it. Listen, standing for truth often entails that you personally, you being a Micaiah, you go against what everybody else is saying because it's the truth. Not because you want to draw attention to yourself, not because it's some popular thing to do because it's the opposite of that, you may be thrown in jail. Who knows? But you know what? You stood on the truth and you went against the grain of society. Because the grain of society, when we look at it, it's so worldly, right? It is so full of the world. It's not anything spiritual. It's the enemy using worldly things to affect how we live and all that stuff. Okay? Mm -hmm. Last point. Standing for God is often politically incorrect. You guys have heard us say that so many times as well. It's not always politically correct. It's just not. Because there are so many people, right? Like I just said, false teachers, false prophets, who want to say what everybody wants wants to hear because it gets them more views on YouTube. It gets them more likes. It gets more people in their congregations. You know, whatever it may be. Makes them popular is the end goal, obviously. 
I think that one thing that I would add as well is that a true prophet, to put it simply, his words um, should prove true. And so what he says will happen should happen. Deuteronomy 18 is a great passage to go to um, for that. Because if it doesn't happen, if what he says does not happen, then he's not a true prophet. Mm-hmm. Right? He's just saying what everybody wants to hear. Our phones are going off again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And and I think that this is where it gets hard, right, guys? Because it's hard to be a Micaiah. It's not easy. It's not always going to be this gray high, right? We're not always going to be on the mountaintop just like, yeah. woo, this is awesome. But trust me, this is going to sound crazy. But it is awesome when you get to stand alone for the truth. Like, there's just something about it. It's not... It's not a sense of pride. It's not a sense of anything like that. It's just like the Lord rewards you with this special feeling of knowing that you stood for him. Yeah. And and it's like this love for him that you have, right? Like if you protect one of your family members, if you help them with something if that they're struggling with, whatever it may be, you have a sense of, of joy from that, you know, a sense of like deep love for that person. And I think that that's what I feel personally when I'm able to stand up for what I believe in, for what I know is true. And I have to do it alone because nobody else will stand with me. Mm-hmm. I have this deep love for the Lord. It draws me closer to him because I know like- Because you're the only two standing there. Right. Like I know you told me this mm-hmm. and I don't doubt you. You know, it's like, I don't doubt what the Lord has told me. I know that this is truth. And so it just deepens your relationship with him because you know that it's right. And he rewards you for that. Like, I'm not talking about reward you with a new car. I'm not doing prosperity gospel over here. Okay. Yeah. What I'm saying is that he rewards you in this way of just giving you the boldness to speak up when no one else will. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I want to say is that every single one of us has the strength mm-hmm. to be a Micaiah. Yeah. It is not simply special people who get to be yeah. like Micaiah. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us can be a Micaiah. I want to say that it's not going to be difficult, but it is. I mean, you can't really lie about that. It's Mm -hmm. going to be difficult because you will be the only one standing Mm -hmm. on the truth and not be willing to move. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to be the only one most of the time. There might be a couple other people there with you, but definitely not very many. Because it is never, ever the popular choice to stand on the truth because we all want to hear what is going to gratify our flesh. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's what everyone around you wants to hear. That's what you want to hear. And you have to overcome that if you want to be like a Micaiah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure Micaiah wanted to say, yeah, go to war. You will be victorious and the Lord's with you. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to go to jail. Go beat these people. (laughs) Yeah. But He wasn't willing to compromise. And I think that that's something that we really, really need to examine in our lives is that are we willing to compromise Mm -hmm. on the truth? And if you are, I would definitely encourage you to pray about where your heart's at with the Lord. Like, are you really relying on the Lord if Mm -hmm. you're willing to compromise? Yeah. Uh, But if you're not willing to compromise, don't. Because like Lily said, you, the Lord will always reward you 
when you do what he calls you to do. And it may, you may never get rewarded here on earth, but you are going to have a heavenly reward. I know that people say that and sometimes it doesn't sound very encouraging because we want that reward now because it's really hard for us to see past the here and now, but. Which is why we're so scared of what people think. Yes. And that's why we're so afraid of men. Because their reaction is now. Like it's not, you know, we have to wait on the Lord to judge us, right? We're, we we got to wait for that consequence. And a lot of times we don't even know what that consequence is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why we lose sight of how big God is and how much he is just. And like, that's his character. He is a just God. He has mercy on us, but he is also just. And so if we aren't repentant, if we aren't like always living with the mindset of my priorities and what I'm choosing is always leading me towards God. If you're not doing that, then it's so easy to get wrapped up in, well, my friend said this right now. And so I've just got to go with it. You Mm -hmm. know, they're listening to bad music. Just, it's fine. You know, sit through it. Somebody's watching a bad movie and you don't say anything about it, you know, whatever. And you end up watching it or something, you know, whatever it may be. We are so focused on the here and now because we know that their reaction is right now. But that's because we're focused on them rather than God. Mm -hmm. So don't follow people who you're, don't be scared of them. Okay. I guess that's what we need to say. Don't be scared of people. they have no authority over you. No. The only authority figure that you have to answer that is of any consequence is the Lord. Yeah. I was just saying the other day, like it's going to be more embarrassing to have to explain your actions to the Lord when you're sitting before the judgment seat mm-hmm. than trying to explain it to your friends who don't grasp this idea of the truth mm-hmm. and of you uh, obeying what the Lord tells you to no matter what. It's going to be embarrassing to have to explain your actions, to have to explain why you didn't listen to the Lord mm-hmm. when you get to heaven than it is to explain it to your friends here and now who are of no consequence. And just say no. Just Uh say no. Like, it's that, I mean, I say it's that simple, but it really is. I mean, when you look at it in in comparison of what you're going to have to answer Jesus with one day, like saying no, yep, that's pretty easy compared to just putting up with it and going along with it and having to answer later, like Maddie just said. But here's here I want this to be encouraging. Okay, I really mm-hmm. do. Because you can be a Micaiah. Yeah. Like I don't care what anybody else tells you. You have the option to be a Micaiah. The world wants us to think that we don't have options, that we don't have choices in our lives, that we, well, this is the way it's got to be, and it's just, yeah, it sucks, but I got to do it. No, you always have an option. You always have a choice. And you can be a Micaiah. Micaiah had a choice to go or to not go. If he could have just sat at home and been like, yep, you know, the king is going to do what he wants anyway. And this just puts me in jail. So I don't even need to go. Mm -hmm. Nothing would have happened. But what's he choose to do? He chooses to go, speak the truth, and then he pays the consequences for the truth. But you know what? God is with him. And God speaks through him and shows him what is right. And in the end, his relationship with the Lord grows and he is able to thrive in it. And I think that that's what we don't get is that, well, we don't have options. We don't have choices. I can't really be a Micaiah in my everyday life. Yes, you can. And don't let anybody else tell you that you can't because that's a lie. 
You can be a Micaiah. It is possible for every single person on this planet. The world is going to try and tell you that you've only got one option, that you've got to play sports, that you've got to do this for whatever. You've got to get yourself, you've got to get put your kids into every single extracurricular activity out there and they have to be the best and they have to go to this college or they're not going to be successful and they have to have this kind of job and they have to make this kind of money and I mean, you fill in the blank. The world tells you, well, this is the only option. No, it's not. They're not going to show you your options. You have to think for yourself. You have to look at the options and you have to be willing to stand on the truth. Okay, uh, I know that this is a little bit of a longer episode, but this was really on me and Lily's hearts and we knew that we needed to talk about this a little bit and encourage you guys to be those Micaiahs Mm -hmm. um, in the world because there certainly aren't very many Micaiahs in the world and we definitely need more. Let's wrap up in prayer and then we will close this episode. Lord, we just thank you for this day, and I pray that you would help each and every person who is listening to this podcast episode to feel empowered to be a Micaiah in their uh, everyday lives. I know that it is going to be discouraging a lot of times, and it's going to be difficult, but I pray that we would just be so focused on you and so that we would just have this reliance on you that we wouldn't care what the world tells us. We wouldn't care what our friends and our family tell us that is different from what you have told us. I pray that we would just walk in the truth that you have laid on our hearts and that we would speak it to anyone who asks us about it. Uh, I pray that we would just be focused on our heavenly reward that you will give us uh, for always speaking the truth. And even if we're the only ones who are, I pray that you would just help us to be so focused on you that we don't notice that we're standing alone, that we would just be so bold that we don't care what happens to us, that we just want people to hear your truth and to rely on you as much as we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this longer episode. We appreciate you. We know that you guys have the ability to be a Micaiah and, and we're doing this with you. We're living this out. We're trying to be a Micaiah right beside you. The Lord is with us and anything, any consequences, anything anybody says, it doesn't matter because he, he is with us and he emboldens us to say what we need to say and to do what we need to do. And like Maddie said in her prayer, and I love that we, we shouldn't even have to notice that we're alone. Like Mm -hmm. it shouldn't even make a difference to us. It's just like, I have to do this. This is not even an option for me. I have to speak the truth in my everyday life. And so do that at your workplace. Do that at your school this week. Do it with your friends, teenagers. If you're listening to this, you don't have to wait to be a Micaiah, okay? You don't have to wait until you're a leader in your church. You don't have to wait till, you know, you're you have this great paying job and you have a family and you're married or whatever, start now. You can be a Micaiah right where you are right now. Challenge people um, to do it with you. You know, ask them to be a Micaiah with you. Ask them to stand alongside you and to be somebody who fights for the truth because it is so important that we do that in this generation. And I know, I know that this generation is ready for it. Mm -hmm. We are starved for it. We are so hungry for the truth. And if we just had a couple Micaiahs who were ready to stand up and fight for truth, I really believe that we would see a difference in this generation. So thank you guys for listening and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye guys.